No Simple Road is stoked to have Sunset Lake CBD back with us as our sponsor. Sunset Lake is the real deal. If you've looked around trying to find CBD and it just didn't do what it was supposed to do, this is the place you need to go. They've got every kind of product you can imagine, including CBD tinctures with sleep gummies that are great for getting to bed, CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews that can help bring you a little bit of calm in a stressful day. They've got salve. They've got smokable hemp flower that's great for folks like me that don't want to get stoned and paranoid, but want to have the benefits of cannabis. Well, now you got it. And they even carry CBD products for your pets, man. I'm saying this is Darwin approved stuff. Go over to sunsetlakecbd.com and check out the full range of what they have. This is Vermont grown right to your door and they're giving you 20% off. So put in the promo code NSR20 when you're checking out. You're going to get 20% off your whole order. And I know you're going to love it. They even have subscription options open for you. So you don't forget to get your medicine. Go check out Sunset Lake CBD, everybody. Hey, everyone. Chris Pandolfi from the infamous String Dusters here to let you know that my podcast Inside the Musician's Brain is back on the airwaves for season four, which means it's time once again to get deep with influential musicians from all across the musical landscape to really understand and translate the lessons of success, failure, inspiration and hard work that are behind the music and the artists that we love. My guests this season include Rachel Price from Lake Street Dives, Sam Bush, Chris Wood, Chris Funk from The Decemberists, Lindsay Liu, MC Taylor from His Golden Messenger, and more. Check us out, and thanks for listening. We're so excited to tell you a bit about today's sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They are a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Music Masters Collective events give you the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Otil Burbridge, Steve Earle, Richard Thompson, former members of the band, the Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, the Fab Foe, and Sean Colvin, and so many more. At an event like the Milk Carton Kids Sad Song Summer Camp, happening this July, you can expect immersive classes, evenings of entertainment, excellent food, and a space for a lucky group of folks to learn, co-write, workshop, and perform with like-minded peers, all with the guidance of Kenneth Pattengale, Joey Ryan, and some of their favorite songwriters. This all-inclusive week in the Catskill Mountains of upstate New York is guaranteed to be magical. Scholarships are available and spots are extremely limited. So visit www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple to learn more. That's www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple. Check it out.
Hopefully. Well, <laughs> most of the time. But yeah, like you said, hopefully. Hey, now, No Simple Road family. This is Aaron. This is Mel. And this is Apple. We hope you're having a great week. No, you're not crazy. We are back again. It is Wednesday. And uh, we don't get used to it. I don't want y'all like expecting us to be here every <laughs> Wednesday. Okay. This is. Uh, but when we are, it's cool. <clears throat> Producer Corey has called these Wednesday episodes the ice cream treat for some reason. <laughs> so here's your Wednesday ice cream treat. If I and gave it's you just in time for the warm weather. Too. Right. If yeah. I gave you ice cream every day, it would no longer be a treat. That's, right? that's true. But so. Point popping is. in on a Wednesday, another cutie random Wednesday to say, what's up? Listen to this fantastic episode we have with the jaunty, the jaunty. So this is another No Simple Road artist spotlight with our new found brothers from the jaunty. Our new homies from Dick Sporting Goods. We'll see you there, guys. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, that's right. We're going to see them when we go to Dick's. Um. They are playing a run here up in the Pacific Northwest. Apple, do you have the dates handy? No? No. no. I can don't. get them because I, I know that it was started in March, or I'm sorry, May 19th. Um, because. Because why? Tell why us did why. did I know no. that? Why well, do you know when the Jaunties run begins? Well, because we just had them on and I was looking at their shows and their tours and. And what? And, 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 and she's the, not there yet. No, not, I, I thought I was going to be there. Okay, okay, I was wrong. It was the 18th, May 18th at Nectar Lounge, Seattle, Washington. Mm-hmm. So that's coming up. Okay. Friday, May 19th at the River City Saloon in Hood River. Mm-hmm. Um, Saturday, May 20th at Blair Alley Village Arcade. <laughs> okay. Maybe I said that wrong, but whatever. In Eugene. And then we're going to have them here in Portland, Oregon at the Get Down, one of our favorite new venues, Sunday, May 21st. And isn't Sponge? Sponge is going to be on that tour with them. Okay. And then I believe Sponge is going to go to the um, East Coast. No, oh, really? Yeah, they're going to be on the East Coast with the John T also. Oh, shit. So, yeah, they're, they've, they're bringing, and when I talked to Sage, he said that they mutually have, are bringing each other out to their- Oh, that's cool, um, man. That's dope. Yeah. So- if you are not familiar with the jaunty, then now you have no excuse to not go see them when they come through your town. Um, these are exceptionally talented individuals making badass music. And uh, I have a feeling that you out there are going to enjoy this as much as we did listening to this conversation. Um, yeah, it was listening to it or having it? having it. Yeah, that's what I meant. You're going to enjoy <laughs> listening to it as much as we did have Enjoyed it. Enjoyed having yes. it. Yeah. There we yes. go. And also, it's another band for you to like dig into. There's so much out there. Go listen to all of it. And I just want to say thank you to Jonathan Hart out there for introducing us um, way, way back in the day to the John T and, you know, being a champion for them. Um yeah, for being, a long time being their champion and ours yeah yeah, yeah. fuck yeah thank you jonathan, jonathan. You're awesome. jonathan um i have a couple of business things that i want to discuss with you the first one is if you're looking for another podcast to listen to after you finish this one Ooh. go check out inside the musician's brain it is uh also on the osiris pod no 
also with Osiris Media. It used to be called the Osiris Podcast Network. It's not called that anymore. Inside the Musician's Brain is also with Osiris Media, and that is done by our friend Chris Pandolfi of the infamous String Dusters. And uh, he does an amazing podcast talking with other musicians about stuff that only they would think to talk about because they're both musicians. Hence the name of the show, Inside the Musician's and, Brain. And just got to say, too, Chris is an amazing mind when we had him on the show it was like going to a class at a university Mm -hmm. it just beautiful person um chris pandolfi's most recent episode is with rachel price who is already making her mark it's one of the best singers of lake street dive okay there it is take a dive into that episode with rachel price and the other thing i wanted to tell you about mel you're going to need to pull up the dates for mojo family fest for me that's going to be june um mojo family fest is happening with our friends bodie mojo out at Rhythms Ground. It is the inaugural festival out at Rhythms Ground. No Simple Road is going to be performing at Mojo Family Fest. And uh, we would love it if you all would join us. Get your tickets at Mel. I It's okay right here. Here it is. June 16th through the 18th. Okay. In Sandy, Oregon. Where do they go to get tickets? They are going to go to... BodieMojo.com, I am guessing. You're guessing? Well, let me... (laughs) Yeah, BodieMojo.com. Look at me. There you are. Aaron was right. So go to BodieMojo.com. Come hang out with us at Mojo Family Fest. We are going to be podcasting live from there. There is an amazing lineup including Bodie Mojo, Sponge, Family Mystic, The Copper Children, The, the Quick, Quick and, and Easy Boys. Boys, No Simple Road. What? We're going to be there. JC Proof, The Muddy Souls, Flying Caravan. Um, I mean, they got all kinds. The Man on TV, The Campfire Boys, Brother Gabe Trio. Um, and our very own Port- beavers, our very own Portland's Karen, the dancing lady to MC it. All right. So that's the scoop. And, then, and Madison true, who we see at everything. Madison is Shout a, out Madison. A, a ray of sunshine. Yep. So that's going to be a dope ass weekend. So come hang out with us, everybody. If June 16th through the 18th, don't have your tickets, get them at bodymojo.com. Um, and the rest of the stuff, you know, Patreon and No Simple Road and follow us on social media and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um, you know the score. If you're listening to you a Wednesday know. episode of No Simple Road, I am not going to go through the whole <laughs> fucking litany of shit that I say every You week. know. So that's that's the score. We love you. Um, guys, you ready? Yep. Let's hook them hook up with the jaunty. All right. Yep. Without further ado, the No Simple Road crew gives you an artist spotlight with the, the jaunty. Your friends. 
How's it going? What's up? Awesome. Good morning. Morning. All right. Oh, yeah. Uh, Scott, I think you're muted. Muted. Bottom left. Unmuted. You've been unmuted. Yes, that's what we want. Right on. What's up, gentlemen? (laughs) Not much. How you doing, man? Cool cool hoodie, Scott. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm a fan. We're all representing today in some fashion. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I usually am most days. Yeah. yeah one, one for each day of the week, I think, Scott has. <laughs> right. I think we all do. Good morning. I'm happy yeah. to have coffee with the John T this morning. Absolutely. Amen to that. Cheers. Yeah. Hey, guys, I'm Aaron. I'm Apple. And I'm drinking coffee. Um, uh, this is Mel. <laughs> Thanks for being on with us so early yeah. in the morning on a Saturday. Oh yeah, yeah. where pleasure. are you guys located? We are in Portland, Oregon. Where are you guys? We are in outside of Boulder. Both of us live in Longmont, Colorado. So, oh, okay. So you guys got like torrential downpour rain a couple of days ago. Yeah, right? yeah. I read that it was the highest on re- like the highest two day record uh, in Colorado or what? somewhere in Denver. Yeah. Holy wow. It was because Billy Strings was playing Red Rocks and there's people outside. They wanted them to get wet. Yeah. (laughs) See what God just said to us, man. Yeah, right. (laughs) Hey, guys, for everybody listening, why don't you introduce yourselves to them? Sure thing. Uh, I'm Caton. I play guitar in the Drowncy. And I'm Scott, and I play drums and do some singing. Awesome. Well, welcome gents for uh our early saturday morning coffee session we appreciate you spending time with us um you know you have been on our radar for quite some time Mm -hmm. actually we have a a mutual friend jonathan hart oh yeah Yeah. and he's actually the one that um turned me on to you guys quite a while ago so we've been we've been watching and uh it's exciting man it's exciting to see the stage is getting bigger and uh, you guys doing more and more and more. How are you? How are you guys feeling about how things are going? Great. It's been you know we, me and Scott started the band like as a weekend fun thing in college. So um, you know it's just been uh, pretty much just like a steady slow thing. And like yeah, it's been great the past couple of months uh, playing these huge stages in Colorado and excited to get on some festivals this summer. So um, you know it was always. Uh, it's hard to be a musician in a world that goes through a pandemic. So, so it was like, you know, a lot of uh, um, questions at that time, but you know, things are settling a little bit and um, we're stoked to get on the road. We're actually coming up your way next week. So yeah, um, you're playing with our boys, sponge too, man. That's, uh, that's right. Yeah. It's going to be a kick-ass show. I, yeah. yeah. Get down's a great, great venue. Get down's yeah, one we, of our favorite venues up here. We played there. Um, just before string summit over the summer. Um, that was the first time we had been to that place. Um, and yes, amazing room. Um, so yeah, we're stoked to return. Had had you guys been to summit before? No, this is our first one and we're bummed that it's, it's done with because it seemed like such a fun and good thing to get into and involved with dude. Um, Yeah. It had a great time. I mean, it was a, it was a sick festival. That, that's too much a, fun. Yeah, the, yeah. The, everybody was kind of going all out, but being the last one, and we are right. very saddened. That's that. That's right in our backyard. That's twenty minutes from our house. Oh yeah, you know, it's like so was recording it like, in progress. Sorry, that was me. Go for it. No problem. <laughs> so was it like? Uh, is it that festival grounds just aren't going to hold events anymore? Or 
it, it, it's up in the air. They're like everything in this community. There's lots of rumor and stuff Conjecture, of something going on. It, it won't be string summit again, but maybe something pops up. No right. real word yet. Yeah. Like you guys know sky. The uh, a little bit, yeah. We uh, we actually played like a an event up at his barn, which is outside of Lyons, Colorado, yeah, so not yeah, far Blue from Sky where we barn. are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they were. I think they like what you were just saying a minute ago. I think COVID is the main driver to what was going on, and like big surprise. A, that's a heavy <laughs> lift, man. Like, well, and also the owner of um, Horning's Hideout, he, you know, holding a festival is a lot of work and wear and tear on a property liability and man. Yeah, when man. you can rent it out for a wedding that's right. a quarter <laughs> of that kind of you know um expense and and time and you know effort um i think that that was really what it was for them but it was an right. incredible 20 year run man like yeah. what a great i mean i wish that we would have done more we were only fortunate enough to do two but the family that it kept on growing every year um, not just the musical family, but like the fan family and then just the the entire festival family. It was I mean, we've been involved with festivals, but we're kind of new to it. So we just seeing it grow over those few years was like something epic. You know, these people right. are like you said, maybe we had a party too much. Maybe we did this <laughs> a little bit too much, but it was like all in good fun and like everybody was just you know pumping everybody else up and playing with everybody it was it was something special it's a yeah, really man. special place and and seeing you guys there was super dope man where they had you was that was the awesome. spot yeah like, yeah on saturday dope. night between like the headliner that that was dope yeah yeah i felt like we made a bit of a splash so we're we're definitely excited to come back and uh play in that area again this will be our first time back there since that so open for uh some peeps come out who saw us there. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I want to go back to, to something that you said though, that, you know, you, the jaunty started as like just a college thing. It wasn't, you weren't planning on making a, a living from this thing. Yeah. We, you know, me and Scott, well, we went to music school. So like, you know, we obviously wanted to play music, but, um, you know, we, we had a cool like warehousey apartment that was just like total, total shit shit building you know right um so we uh we were like let's just throw some parties and play music you know and then um eventually that transferred into being able to play some clubs in boston so um yeah it definitely was fun <laughs> the entire time right. that's for well sure. i mean isn't that the goal to like yeah. have fun all the time yes I, that was like that's like the goal yeah <laughs> Yeah, hundred percent. We've done pretty well at that. Yeah, <laughs> we, yeah. we're just, having fun. What was this warehouse and everything up in the Boulder area, or was? I uh, know. So this was when we still lived in Boston. Scott and I met. Okay. Um, he actually like returned to Berkeley College of Music uh, when I was starting there. So we kind of crossed paths then, and pretty soon I was you know riding the train out to his house to uh, to play some tunes, and then. Uh, I ended up moving in there and then, yeah, we like for a, a while, we did it like every two weeks, we'd throw these like really debaucherous <laughs> events. Um, and, uh, it was so much fun. Um, and then, yeah, you know, transferred to playing actual venues. So we were like, Oh, this is great. <laughs> yeah. We kind of had the, we were able to play maybe, you know, 10 to 15 shows at our warehouse building and sort of gain a little following before ever even getting to play actual bars or clubs. So it was a good, it was a good start for us. 
So was it the full lineup that it is now, or was it just the two of you playing together? Um, it was us, and we've gone through a couple kind of different members. Like we had a bass player before, we had two keys players before the guy that's in now, Tyler. And um, so, and then also just like even before that, it was just kind of like um, you know, we me and Scott kind of knew we wanted to start some sort of project, so we jammed with like all all tons of different people that we met at school, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, we've had this uh, solidified lineup since 2015. Okay. Let's just say Tyler, you, you said you had two keyboardists before. He is like two or three keyboardists. <laughs> yeah. When he's playing, uh, he is a madman watching him. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. He's got like a serious brain separation going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Tyler was a good, uh, good pickup for us. He, yeah. We were actually friends with Tyler and he was a fan of the band um, from almost the beginning, 2011 or 12, maybe we met. Yeah, him. He, he was one of the kids coming to those debaucherous parties at, at our warehouses. Oh, yeah. So, um, but he's actually a guitar player, uh, at least, you know, trained guitar player. He was taking guitar at Berkeley, the same school that um, Scott and I went to. So uh, it's funny, we, um, you know, met this other guy and he started playing keys with us. And then literally like a month later, we were like, wait, Tyler plays keys? Like he started playing in like another band. We we're like, ah. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, a few years later, uh, it ended up working out that he linked back up with us. So the all's universe, well. Wow. Just put it all together. I love exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, being um, fans of this type of music and like being in this scene, the reason that I don't know, I go to shows is to have an experience. Like when I go see fish or whoever else, when I leave that show, I've something's happened that doesn't happen otherwise. And, and, uh, for people that have never seen you guys play, what, what can they expect coming to see you play? And what's the experience that you're trying to provide for them? Um, you know, it used to be that we were like more gung ho on just the, like, um, you know, anything can happen kind of thing. Um, but more recently we sort of, sort of adopted like a, uh, feel the vibe of the show, feel the vibe of the room, feel the vibe of like the other bands that we're playing with and like, see how we can make, uh, the set or the, the jams kind of cater to like what is mm -hmm. feeling proper at that time, you know, mm -hmm. uh, rather than just doing whatever we want at any moment, we're like, well, let's like kind of pinpoint the vibe of the room or whatever. And then, uh, you know, uh, hone in on that and like just lean into it and make sure people uh, pick up on it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that takes some level of practice That's clearly. Like how, 100%. how does that look like in action? Like, what does that look like to you? Like picking up and perceiving and feeling out. What is that? How does that translate? Um, like, um, so one thing that like we do and we pride ourselves on, I think is like being pretty good at like, navigating the the unknown and uh and like pushing through like awkward moments to get to like the cool stuff and i think that uh and that just like goes with improv improvising i think there's just yeah. going to be parts that aren't that great in a certain moment and then if you push through it you can get to something else and i think a lot of it is like we're just better at pushing through it more quickly. Like we, uh, mm. you know, we have, we all know each other so well, we know our musical like uh, inclinations. So when we uh, are experiencing those moments of like, uh, what should we do? Like we're all listening so we can really quickly be like, oh, that was cool. Let's do that, you know, mm. and uh, just move in that direction or whatever. And we all kind of 
it's it's like a commonly agreed upon thing without talking about it sort of thing you know so there's telepathy uh, te- telepathy happening for sure music absolutely okay yeah yeah absolutely that and you know a combination of that and just like knowing each other's tendencies you know Experience. um that kind and of I think thing. as far as gauging the audience um i think we've gotten better at there's a big difference if we're playing a show for our fans that are all people who know us and came to see us mm-hmm. or if we're playing at some random summer series event in crested butte or whatever and it's just sort of like random people out there that don't know us may not love 30 minute psychedelic jams <laughs> you know so you just kind of have to like cater and try and get gain people's interest in some way, you know, whether they're jam band fans or not, Um, you know, and then when we play to our own audience, it allows us to, you know, stretch things out more and be a little, get a little weirder, I suppose. Get into those weird spaces. Like like the string summit late night set, for example, like um, we were, uh, you know, we knew we had these like small allotted times. So we were like, all right, for this first, like shorter thing, let's just like bang out, a bunch of ragers and then like have one like opportunity to get weird and if it doesn't work we can like push through it and like get to our next thing really quickly um and if it does work and people dig it then we can like lean into it you know um so it's great at crowds like that where it's like people might not know who we are but they are really receptive to that kind of stuff so um you know it was a just little things like that like rather than being like oh let's go out and do what we do every single time it's like well let's do what we do like in the context of where we're totally doing it sense. you know yeah yeah, yeah. and that, i would i would imagine that's like a, a learned skill over time too is like feeling the energy of a room looking at how people are moving and just hearing each other and then learning to react from that and like scott you know talking about a 30 minute jam that's like for me that's my favorite shit right like right. that's the stuff i'm i live for that and i came to that through like the lens of going to grateful dead shows in the 80s and then fish and all that and uh that's the most exciting part of music for me is when um you don't know what's going to happen like the jam is completely gone. Like we, we joke around, we call it jamnesia. Like when you don't even know what fucking song was playing anymore. You're like, what the fuck? But like for you, what's the, what's the drive to play a 30 minute jam? What's, what is it that you like to get inside of that and, and have happen? Um, well, speaking for myself, um, I would say like there's times that we've done it and it's been like completely organic and awesome, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and then there's other times where we're like, let's do that. And then, um, you know, of those times that we've been like, let's consciously do this really long jam. Sometimes it is awesome. And like, because we forced ourselves to do it, we pushed through and like found those cool spots. And other times it's like, I wish this would end, you know, (laughs) but like, like we said, we're going to do it. We said, we're going to do it. So let's do it. And there's always like parts that are like, you know, redeemable or whatever, but, um, you know, it's like, it's hard to like, um, I guess, like force yourself to be in that mindset of like, let's explore, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I, so I think we're definitely better at like, um, kind of gauging that as far and like w- when it feels right, it's better, you know? And, um, there's times where like 
10 minutes go by like that, you know, and you're like, oh, I could keep doing this for a while, but, you know, we only have 10 more minutes in the set or, you know, whatever. So, um, you know, yeah, it's a total, uh, total mixed bag. This, like you said, like so much of it about it, so much about it is like the learned experience of like judging the time and the room and the, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think there's, there's a lot of outside factors one mainly being like how good is the sound in that room how well can we see hear each other because mm-hmm. that it, i mean that's the biggest thing when you're improvising if we all have really good sound there's a much better chance that the show is going to be better and we're going to be able to play off of each other better so i'd say that's one of the biggest factors for me at least in having a good show and letting the jams go deep when we can hear ourselves well what what's the average of times that the music is awesome in a room where you guys can hear each other like is there like a 50 50 is this like most of the time it's great because i know it from a fan's perspective you can go in the same room a million times and the sound could be different you know like generally yeah like okay there's okay this is good sound here but maybe the person at the soundboard is different or maybe the the music setup different so like when you guys come in how much can you expect to like have good sound on an average that's yeah there's so many factors man Uh, it's like uh definitely all the things you mentioned and then like you know time of sound check like how much time do we have and then like there's four of us so you know if one of us has bad sound then it's like that one person struggling you know so it's like um definitely like if everything is exactly as good as it can get sound wise then it's like 95 percent success rate or something you know okay Uh, but um but like that like all of those things lining up and being uh in the right spot is kind of rare you know (laughs) we also don't play like it's for the most part we're still playing in like clubs and bars okay which is a big difference when you move up to theaters um in sound just in the quality of the room as well as the quality of the monitors that they have and everything um and the people working at the soundboard and monitor board um so that's that's kind of yeah the type of size venue you're playing has a lot to do with it as well i would feel like I would think that when you get in those bigger rooms and there's more sound that it would make you want to play more. Do you, does that, it's a really bad way to put it, but (laughs) no, yeah, there's like, there's a level of like when you can hear like the, speakers that are pointing towards the audience like when that is loud as shit and like your monitors are loud but everything's still like clear Mm -hmm. you know you know like when things get too loud it just gets like muddy and like yeah you can't really like differentiate between sounds but when it's like loud and clear and like you know there's definitely something magical about like hitting a hitting a note and hearing it just like bounce all over the room you know it's a that's don't want to what stop. it's all about. Yes. We're not we're not getting off stage, That's damn it. it. <laughs> You're right, yeah. We're moving in. So right. let's go back to COVID for a minute and talk about uh, that. <laughs> Sorry. No. Oh, yes. Just for a minute. Just real quick. You guys, you don't have to answer anything Aaron's gonna ask. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, you know, it was a it was a pressure cooker for everybody, man. It was fucking weird and hard and scary and all that shit. But in hindsight, I know for us, some really good stuff came out of it. Some personally intense 
cool lessons came out. And then as a show, as No Simple Road, we learned a lot and we gained a lot of knowledge. Um, for you guys, what was your experience going through that? And was there ever a time when you weren't sure if it was going to continue? I'm sh- yeah, I'm sure like, um, you know, speaking for myself, I'm sure we all experienced that as like, you know, everyone did across the globe, like, you know, what's going to come back after this. Um, but, you know, we were like road dogging it really hard um, for a while. And uh, we were all like, you know, we moved out to Colorado together from Massachusetts, um, like as a band and like with significant others and stuff. And um, we uh, we're already planning on like moving into our own places. And then like the pandemic exacerbated that. So not only did we get this time, like, um, not living together, but it was like isolating on an individual level too. So, um, it was like, you know, we're still trying to play as much as we could. We were still doing, um, uh, like online stream stuff or like pre-recording like stuff in our basement, you know, just trying to like stay relevant any way we could. And, um, then it's like, it just kept going, you know, <laughs> and like then we, we just got like exhausted and, uh, you know, a combination of just like um, life changes in those moments and stuff. Yeah. So there's definitely like um, in this lull for a little bit after we kind of got tired of the streaming thing. And then we were like, all right, let's just like record the bare bones to like an album. And then this is the first time that we had done it. That wasn't like, well, first of all, it was the first like studio effort with with Tyler. Uh, we had done a live album with him, but um, we um went in to it like without really a plan of how to finish it but more just like we had a sh- whole ton of new songs and uh that was definitely a benefit of uh of the, the time off but um so when we uh recorded it we um you know that at least for me personally that kind of like reignited some stuff um first time i was able to like do like a million guitar takes like write a solo you know i didn't have to like improvise a solo because we were on like limited studio time or whatever it was like I could like sit down and like write this thing. So it was like, um, you know, the song crafting aspect, like we wouldn't have had time to do that for sure. Had we not been stuck home, you know? Um, What about for you, Scott? How was, how was that experience going through all that and coming through? Uh, yeah. Um, kind of, yeah. What he said, um, as so we all lived together right before COVID me and Caden have lived together since, since 2010 or so something like that something like that and the whole band has been living together since like 2015 or 2014 and so it was like right as covid started we had planned to all and we lived with girlfriends and one wife too so we had a big happy-ish family living together (laughs) um so um yeah it was um it was a big change to, you know, go live in our own spots. And then at the same time, not be touring. I was so used to being on the road half of the year. And then there was just a lot of downtime. Um, so, I mean, that was obviously frustrating. There was a lot of frustrations with, you know, have, we had a lot of things that we were looking forward to that were booked that summer of 2019, some really, Good festivals in year 2020. Yeah, yeah. And just stuff that was really disappointing to not have happen. Yeah. And then there was kind of the we are, you know, we were trying to book tours. We were like getting some holds and thinking that maybe we were gonna come out of it. Then nothing just shut down again. Yeah, Yeah, shut down again. We had a lot, we had shows that we announced, then had to cancel. 
So just a bummer in that sense. Yeah. Um, but also, like he said, it gave us time to record our album and take a lot of time with it. Um, and I think it's going to come out. Uh, I think it, it turned out great. And we have a lot of layers and a lot of vocal harmonies and stuff that we spent a long time doing that we wouldn't have been able to do in a studio. Um, I also recorded a solo album throughout COVID, which Caton played bass and guitar on. Um, and that's something I probably would never have had the time or opportunity to do um, oh, wow. if I didn't have that downtime. So that was called Mine, Yours, and Ours, available now. <laughs> yes, mine, yes, yes. ScottFerberMusic.com. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, that, there was some good things that came out of it. And I think now that we are back playing and able to tour again, I think we've kind of revamped our approach to things as in more of a um Tyler our keyboard player also had a baby this past fall okay. so congratulations that's, Tyler that's a big change in things and i think we're just trying to attack things with quality over quantity mm-hmm. maybe we we were touring so hard for so long and not necessarily seeing the growth you know in certain i don't know we've played like Knoxville like how many times right and <laughs> times and i think there's been like five people there every time <laughs> so we're kind of trying to just we like we've had some good bigger shows get some opening slots for people and just make sure that we're playing <laughs> in the right places at the right times and not getting too burnt out Brother, you know uh, you are what, you are what? like singing our song right now like yeah. a thousand percent exactly what you just said is kind of the experience that we all went through and like prior to COVID anything that happened, we were like, yes, yes, yes. Like right, to everything. Right, and, right. And then like the winter, like fall winter would come around when things would start to lull out a little bit. And we were all cooked completely. Like I was like lose, literally losing my mind. <laughs> and I was doing like taking a lot of drugs cause we were going shows all the time and just like, you know, out of it. And so now we're way more choosy about what we're doing. And I talked to a guy the other day and he said something to me, man, that like, it's so simple what he said. But when he said, it, I was like, holy shit, I never thought of it like that. He was like, dude, you fish where the fish are. And I was right. like, oh mm-hmm. shit, you're right. That is yeah. how you do this. Like we're going right. to play Knoxville for five people for the rest of your life and spend gas money and right. burn yourself out. No, right. Right. yeah, it's too much. Yeah. P- pick your battles type situation. Yeah. And like, I think like it's also given us, um, at least me, like the ability to like, um, you know, view the, uh, positive aspects of it. Like whenever you're, um, grinding for like weeks and weeks and weeks on the road it's like it's a job you know it just like it's hard to like really get into that like mental space of like performing and like making art or whatever like when you're uh exhausted you know (laughs) and like and not only like like not only are you exhausted but you're like in uncomfortable situations that are like you know you have to do well like it's one thing to like create art when you're tired and like have it be like freeing 
but like when you like have to do something when you're tired it sucks you know and uh so like that and then like just um i don't know me, me personally i've just been like doing a whole ton of just like local music stuff you know just gigging a lot so it's like getting back to being able to perform like original music that i love performing and like for people that love it it's mm -hmm. like so um I'm just so grateful that like, you know, an audience exists at all for that type of music, you know? So it's like, um, you know, getting away from like wedding bands and stuff. It's just, uh, it's like, I feel the art in it way more, I guess, you know? Yeah. I, I'm curious about something too. So you guys, you just explained all that you make the move from Boston East coast to Colorado and then COVID happens. Uh, now we're out of it. So I'm just curious what prompted the move to like from the East coast to the middle of the country and like the comparisons there. What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. I think there's a couple. Uh, we had been to, we had toured out in Colorado for, you know, maybe five years in a row or something like that before we moved, maybe a little bit less. But we had just kind of... I mean, there's a great music scene out here. Okay. Denver has, as there's just for our type of music as well, especially there's just a large fan base and we just had a lot of good, well-attended shows. We, a number of years we did um, after parties for the, after the Dick shows. Um, so that kind of sped up our uh, building a fan base out here. Mm -hmm. Um as well as just I've always I just have always liked it out here. So it was just kind of a combination of personal stuff as well as um band stuff, as well as being closer to the West Coast. Before we moved out yeah. here, we had we had never toured to the West Coast before just because it was seemed impossible from Boston. So <laughs> yeah. Well, so now like we're in the middle, you're the middle still of the country. You can just yeah, cast a yeah. wider net now. Right. Too. Yeah. yeah. It's still pretty damn far, but still yeah. pretty far. <laughs> But we're able um, to, yeah, like next yeah. next week, we're just doing four shows up in the Pacific Northwest. Um, and we'll be able to do that and not like lose money, you know. Yeah, hopefully, which we know, appreciate uh, that. You don't know how much we appreciate when bands that are not from the West Coast. It's not easy to do Pacific Northwest right. tour because every and California, everything's so far apart right, spread right. out. Do, do you guys to feel that like you're isolated up there from Absolutely. like your general touring bands? We, yeah. we, we were talking to somebody, they said they said we love touring up there, always great response, but it's like going to an island. Right. It's so separated from everybody everything else. And there's you know, there's the major major markets is basically Portland and Seattle, and then you pick up you know all the little right. spots in between which are amazing that's one reason we moved up here seven years ago because we're we're all from las vegas and i mean las uh -huh. vegas always has stuff going on but it's not the greatest performances and things like that <clears throat> moving up here is one reason we really did it is to because right. of the music yeah the music the the lore of eugene and every you know it this is like a hippie mecca kind of yeah. and very receptive to the jam band scene it, it, 
it's a it's a trip what you said though like the isolated thing like a good example man is the disco biscuits they haven't played west of colorado in 14 years and they finally just yeah shows up here and like those are that's a big act right like those guys are big and for us on the west coast if you don't have the money to travel you're just not getting to see an entire subsection of our scene that you're missing out on and and it's a but i will say this having it be isolated like that creates a really tight-knit local music scene The, the bands that are up here all know each other all help each other and it's very um it's like a big family. It's really yeah, cool, very man. supportive. Is, is is your experience in Denver like that? Is there a really tight knit musical there, community? There definitely is, uh, especially on like the local scene. Um, that being said, that's also like a major touring market. So mm-hmm. like um, enormous acts come through. Um, and so it's like. Uh, um, it's kind of hard, actually, as like like you know we're not like the biggest band but it's it's also like we're just big enough that it's like we can't play all the time like you know like you you have to be like uh, business savvy about it or whatever and uh so it's like it's kind of hard when you're like at this mid-tier to be able to like really build that local scene because it's like you don't want to saturate you know right um so yes yes but also somewhat no for us you know what i mean but it's also like you know you always like you're playing with the same bands. Like we're all in the same like festivals in Colorado, that, that kind of stuff, you know, what's the, what do you think the special sauce is to like break through that ceiling? Uh, um, when I find out, I'll tell you, (laughs) (laughs) share your recipe, all the secrets. Yeah. I think it's like, you know, there's, it's a roll of the dice and it's also like commitment. Um, it's like, uh, hunger for it you know like like i said we had like uh we had a period of time where we were just like exhausted when the pandemic first started and then like we did the streaming thing and then when we were getting back to it and we had like a couple like deflating moments of just like um shows having to be canceled that we had booked like that kind of stuff it's like that's deflating right and like it it takes it takes out um something from like your hunger for the whole thing and whereas like in the last like you know six months or so finishing up this album like we've all had this kind of newfound hunger that's like you know you play a couple great shows and you're like oh yeah this is it you know so it's like persistence is probably the biggest thing um and then uh um yeah just like um you gotta you have to do it to enjoy it or else it just won't won't last it it, this has nothing to do with anything but it's such a trip like (laughs) right hearing what you guys are saying right now it's doing no simple road like there's no separation between like myself and this thing this is us just living our life talking to people right and so like when i'm going through shit in my head i've noticed that the conversations that we have will say the shit that i need to hear yeah (laughs) you guys have you've never met me before you don't know anything like but you're, you're telling me right now like exactly what's been on my mind lately right yeah it's 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 a very human it's a very human thing you know yeah um like uh we all get tired and like things wear us down you know we get weird yeah Yeah, man exactly and and also when you're when you're like persistence is cool and perseverance is cool and 
you can grind but when it like when you're just static when you're seeing it just static that's hard man that's a hard yeah and like so what do you do to push through that just well there's a level of that that you do have to just push through it but there's also the level of like when you're experiencing something like every day it really tends to feel like you're not really progressing very much but then if you kind of look at a wider scope you're like oh wait i was there and now i'm here you know (laughs) so uh, there's like you you have to view it with a level of like objectivity you Mm -hmm. know like when you're viewing it through just your like ego lens, then it's just like, Oh, I've, I'm doing this every day. And like, I still feel the same as I did, but that doesn't mean that you're in the same place, you know? Yeah. Um, and then what you were saying about like doing shit when you're tired, how hard that is, like, it sucks, dude. <laughs> and, and then like trying to reframe it as like, I get to do this instead of, I have to do this. That's been really helpful. You know, mindset, mindset is huge. It's, yeah. It's, it, but it's still like, just because I say that in my head doesn't mean that my like spirit believes it. You know what I mean? Right. Like, well, but. yeah, it's like a two way street of like practice what you preach and then you start like, like yeah. doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like you, it, part of the persistence is like the mental mindset of it. You know, you have to like constantly be like, no, this is good. This is good. And then it starts to feel good. You know, tough. it's tough. Yeah. Go ahead, Scott. Um, kind of relating to that. I, um, a few, maybe five years ago, um, I had the opportunity to take a drum lesson from Billy Martin. Mm-hmm. Um, he was one of my favorite drummers and he is a very enlightened person. And, you know, he, the way he talked about music and being a drummer was kind of like, you're not just a drummer when you're behind the drums, like you are a drummer or you are a musician all day long and it all affects you know, if you have a fight with your wife or whatever, that's going to affect your mood of when you're playing drums. And it's just sort of like you have to live as a musician, not just be a musician when you're playing. And it's all just sort of intertwined, you know, and that just kind of ties into your mood and how you're feeling and all, you know, all of that. It's it's all part of yeah. how you how, perform. So that sounds. Wait, that's what Never Come Down said. Yeah. Do you remember that from when we were at Summit? We interviewed a band, Never Come Down. Have you ever heard of them? No. Are they Northwest guys? They're, I think yeah. they're Colorado based bluegrass oh. band. Yeah. No, are they? Yeah, I think so. Um, he was saying basically what you just said, but like he, he said, when I stopped trying to be a musician and just realized that I make music, that's who I am. That's what I do. Like it's, there's, there's no difference. I don't, when I, put my guitar down i'm still that right. uh never right. come down exactly. is based out of portland oregon oh really yeah okay i, okay. I just wanted fine. before i said you were wrong yeah, i yeah. wanted to make sure <laughs> <laughs> wanted to have to know you were wrong i knew i knew i that he was wrong but i just wanted to make yeah, sure she's good at that she wanted proof so you'd be like right. no, you're wrong well i, well, I respect think, i respect the hell out of that yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think that what we're all talking about um, beyond our careers and what we do for a living is like why we're here, you know, like the, the career kind of takes on why we're here. Like we, yeah, a drummer, drummer, somebody who is keeping the rhythm and keeping it going constantly all the time. So if you pull out of that role of a drummer in your everyday life, 
things around you will suffer because of that, because you are that kind of person that's mm. kind of keeping that that beat. And, you know, same thing with the guitarist. You're keeping this incredible rhythm and going and doing this incredible improvisation. And when we get downtrodden, that happens not just in our career, but in our bodies, in our life, in our attitudes. And it is hard to keep a good perspective. But that's kind of why, I mean, I don't want to give COVID any props, but it really did retrain our mind because we all were going very comfortably and moving forward the way that we were, you know, with our ups and downs and all that. And then it, to have a screeching halt and makes us have to rework for what we had. Cause that's what happened. Yeah. Like we had all gotten ourselves to this great place. I think in life that we were kind of proud of. And then it was like, Nope. Yoink. And then <laughs> like, if you want to do it, you got to do it again. Like redo it. And right. fuck. I think that yeah. it was, it was a reset. Yeah. Like we say, fuck. I remember one point, Mel, we, 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 I'm sure you guys too as performer. We got to a point during that, like lockdown where, where it was like, I'm, I'm fine without going to shows. We yeah. got used to right. not. Doing, and it was like, wait, wait, what did yes. I It's like, what did yeah. I just say? I know I'm not. And yeah, then our yeah, reintroduction right. to it, which when we went back to shows, it was the summit shows, the, oh, the, the pick and party, pick and party yeah. where everything, everybody was in the squares. You're supposed to stay away from each other. Nobody did. We didn't know how to act. Aaron looked at me like, like, like a, like dancing was it was like a total yeah. reintroduction <laughs> reintegration into life yeah and everybody was like that it was kind of yeah, remember yeah. that the first show was really weird oh, yeah. not many people awkward. were dancing weird yeah no it was and, and then the next no one then the next one like the next night was way better everybody was like oh i remember how to move right and get into yeah. this but it, and that's another thing that it did is well it, and i think too having the perspective of like my five year ago self talking to my now self being like, dude, look, look at what has happened in the last five years. Like, right. How can you be sad about that? Like you can't. Right. Yeah. It's well, and it's easy. It's easy to be like, it's easy to be like, you know, um, I don't know, like, Oh, that show didn't come through that we thought, or that festival didn't come through that we were hoping for, but it's like, Oh wait, but we're like playing Halloween this fall, you know, yes. <laughs> like, like that's awesome. You know? and, and look how fast that happened since COVID. So if like you were working all those years to get to that one festival that didn't happen. And then we went back, worked a few years and now we're playing the festivals that we wish we could have right. back exactly. then. Yeah, and that's exactly. a big, that's some, a huge vista change you know a a huge shift in what we're seeing our hard work um getting you know you guys are playing hula we are yeah oh shit have you guys been have you played or been to it before no so our keyboard player tyler's from florida originally so he uh has spent some time at the spirit of the swanee right that's Mm -hmm. the venue um yes and you know Obviously, everybody awesome. that you talk yeah. to that's been there is like, oh, it's, it's the best ever, you know, uh, which is what they said about String Summit, too. And they were right about that one. So mm. let's <laughs> we'll see what happens down there. Um, yeah, really we, we hear that. nothing but good things about Halloween. Like, yeah. that's like yeah. if you had to pick one, like that's one right. to go to. Yeah, it's also fire lineup this year. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I we're hoping to be there. No, we can be there if we want. We just need to pull the trigger. That's all there is yeah. to it. It's not hope. It's pull decision. the trigger. Yeah. Pull the trigger, yeah. guys. <laughs> Unless fish play, plays the sphere in Vegas, so yeah. Well, Trey, Trey's, well, Trey's there. Trey's yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. At Hulu. Oh, Louise. that's Hulu. right. Oh, yeah. okay. So yeah. that's not going to happen. Right. No, no. There's no way. Uh, well, well, there's never ways. Say never. The decision's been made yeah, for Trey you. Is a wizard. <laughs> there's airplanes and things. Yeah, Trey's a wizard. He works. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, can, I, I want to shift true. this to when was your guys' first fish show? Mine was third night of Hampton, 2009. Oh, shit. And Scott's was first. Mine was the first night of Hampton, 2009. Whoa. Okay. We didn't know each other. No. But actually, when we met each other, we were both wearing like our respective fish sweatshirts that I think we both got at Hampton. Yeah, we we definitely we met because he was wearing a fish shirt. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I was I think as both of us were, we were obsessed with fish well before 2009. Um, Kate and probably even earlier than me, I got into them in maybe 2003, 2004. I had tickets to Camden 03, but my mommy wouldn't let me go. Yeah, <laughs> my mom wouldn't let me go to Alpine 04, I think it was. So, and the obsession with fish, for me at least, grew intensely throughout their breakup years. And, you know, I never thought I would see a fish show. So when they came back, I was in freaked out i was all in what? yes but still so, am wait, pretty all in scott, scott, what <laughs> he was, says he <laughs> says after he went to all of the west coast shows yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but what was okay during that break of why was it so intense for you what was it that was happening that made you really want to you know fight was, down with them it was just the drugs just yeah just getting into fish and there's so the obsession it's like fish is one of those bands where it's like the more you know the more you get out of them because there's so many little inside jokes and like certain songs that like people freak out because they're rare but really they're just like some normal i don't know like if you didn't know fish you'd be like why are they freaking out over whatever dog log yeah yeah just some (laughs) some random thing that is just a song so i think it just it just built like i i if you ask anyone in my high school i was the fish kid like you i you got in my car and fish was blaring all the time i was just so obsessed and still i'm obsessed but you know it just grew during that time i guess just because of the age and getting into is starting like, you know, going on E-Tree and downloading blacks and shins and all that was just like, yeah. it is a fun adventure to be on, you know? And it Meeting still people. is. It's crazy. You, yeah. you just, you, you said you just did the whole West coast tour. I did. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. So we, we, we did Seattle, did Seattle and then the we did the last night at Hollywood bowl. Nice. It, it was nice. Uh, pretty amazing the seattle shows are pretty fucking amazing man that yeah it's a super nice venue too super updated i can't wait to see um, you guys there oh <laughs> yeah. man someday yeah <laughs> love it yeah that you know all, all this to say that um like i think scott and i discovering and being into fish in the similar way like we both had like you know massive collections of recordings and like um we kind of connected on that and then it's like the biggest thing about um, like getting into that music at that age is that it like makes you want to play music like that, whether or not it like sounds the exact same. It's like the spirit of the whole yeah. thing, like the inside jokes, the teases, the like, that's, that's kind of what I think connects all like jam band thing. Like that's what makes it a jam band is just like little things like that, that like, like Scott said, the more you like the band, the more you like them. You know what I mean? Like it's like totally. it kind of feeds itself because you like 
you know, lore or like whatever, you know, like little stories, songs that like reference each other, you know, all that kind of stuff is so fun. And, and that's like, you know, all the great jam bands, I think like the disco biscuits, for example, like they took that idea and like took it to like a thousand percent, you know, inverted songs. And like, you know, that's like kind of the same spirit, I think. Right. Um, and like, you know, Unfreeze with like their insane covers, like all that kind of stuff, you know, like it's, it all kind of ties in, I think to that, to that concept. It's a, it's a rich musical world for sure. Like yeah. I, yeah. I, I hear people say like all jam bands sound the same and it's like, well, not really. If you're paying attention, like right. there's, Open so, your ears. Yeah, there's so much going on yeah, and- to an untrained ear, you know, like for example, our, our son, son. <laughs> he's, well, he's been around music his whole life because we love music, but completely different. When he hears a jam band, it's his ears are very closed off they don't hear it. until yeah. he's listened to it for say maybe 10 minutes or 15 minutes. And he's like, Oh wait, this is not the same thing that it started. Okay. So it's like, right. you know, it's like when people say, Oh, I don't like, you know, I don't like fish. Well, you never ate fish. It was never prepared properly and you never sat down right. to really enjoy it. And so that's right. what it is. I think about jam bands. Cause I was very much that person too. Like, yeah, you were. Oh, it's like, what's this? Whatever. It's the same thing. And yeah, if I just listen to it on a very like a superficial level, it absolutely is. But then when you sit there and you actually like chew the food, Get of, into it. <laughs> you know, and I mean, like, or take some good ass. Well, that's yeah, too. Right. <laughs> yeah, and like you can like really say that about like any genre. That's too. true. If you, really, if you really break it down, it's like, you know, it, I've heard plenty of people say like all bluegrass sounds the same or like all yeah. metal sounds the yes. same or, you know, like all funk or like, you know, whatever. It's like eventually it's like there are tropes that a certain style of music has to follow or else it wouldn't be that style, exactly. you know? Yeah. Um, they got similarities. Like, yeah. Luckily for like, I think maybe the thing with jam bands is that it's like such a, a mixture of influences that it's then like hard to peg it into one thing. So then it's like, Oh, all jam bands sound the same because you can't really peg it in exactly. one spot. You yeah, know? Um, for me, fish help me like, not when I got into fish, I didn't only get into fish, but they like got me into music yeah. more. Like they opened me up to different styles of meat. Like I didn't really listen to bluegrass until I kind of like heard fish play bluegrass. And I was like, Oh, who is Del McCurry, you know, or like, you know, David Grisman or stuff that they had covered. And it kind of just like opened my mind to all the different types of music there are and you know how limitless it can be and i think that's like when when i met kate and we both knew we were fish fans i think we both came with that sort of mindset that like there's not really like rules of what genre we should play right. or you know we just kind of were down for yeah what let's write a bluegrass song let's write a funk song let's yeah. write one of those like a weird long composed things you know um so that's, yeah that's agreed. the way it should be it should you're making music it's not like we're making jam band music and it's this right. brand that has a barcode and, well, and that's like, you know what really, I mean? like, if any band can um inspire you to do something what a cool thing that fish did because it's inspired you to create all kinds of music instead of music like them, you know, right. like, cause if, yeah. if you like a band, generally that's what you do. You want to learn all their music and you want to kind of mimic or emulate what they're doing, but no, it like kind of taught you to do what you're doing, but in any style that you want, which is yeah, really right. incredible. Uh, the, the flip side being though, that like, uh, <laughs> one thing that's definitely true about the jam band community is like, uh, people are far more like 
critical oh, of yeah. sounding like something like not nobody would be like oh this uh i don't know this billy string song sounds kind of like this like other older bluegrass song like no, no one would like say that in like a negative way you right. know um and whereas it's like oh that sounds like fish you know it's like <laughs> such like a negative thing you know so many chords dude <laughs> right it's exactly yeah yeah um so yeah speaking of fish, like it's like you accept more but people are also a little bit more like uh I don't know. We are a very, very fickle bunch. (laughs) (laughs) When you're an art appreciator, and I think that that's what a lot of fans of music are, they're art appreciators, then we automatically get on our hat of like, oh, well, they should have did this. They should have opened with this. Or they should (laughs) have, you know, all of a sudden, everybody. drag, Trey Ripcord. Yeah. Oh, I'm so guilty of hating on fish. All the time. Scott. <laughs> it's part of loving them. No one hates no one hates fish more than their biggest fans. Right. Well, it's so funny that you said that because after the Seattle shows, like the Friday night show, I just I wasn't feeling anything. Not fish, not anything. I just wasn't I wanted to be happy and I, I was excited about what we were doing, but I wasn't feeling it. I was I was kind of like going with emotions. So I'm right. like having, like you said, being all critical. And then like the next day it was such a freaking amazing show. I was like, can you talk shit like it that? It was such an show? amazing show yeah. that I was like, I was like, wow, I am fucked up. That is yeah. so messed up to sit there and talk shit about this band who nine times out of 10 kills it and brings it. And the one time I feel like they don't, I'm talking this shit right. and they slap me in the face the next night. And it was just kind of really funny and telling like we're such critics and then the next minute they come out and just shut you up with their musicality and it's like okay and sometimes like, they do sorry it, never mind like they do it on purpose <laughs> right. like i wonder sometimes with that with especially fish like do they it seems sometimes we've said that like they plan things out like they made it kind of fucked up tonight <laughs> to get us talking so shit night. to keep no. that relationship yeah. like rocky and moving yeah, and yeah and like you know how lucky are we it's like i don't know you hear stories of just like whatever old rock band like dude can't even like perform or whatever right. you know it's like and like whereas these guys are like performing at a super high level and it's like we're complaining oh, about like the set list or whatever yes you know? that's yeah. exactly that it wasn't long the, guy, the guy we met at home yeah. with Paul that does the Mr. Cam on Instagram Mr. Cam on his or his or so it's like it's like I love fish so much but if tonight, if every song is not a heater, we're done. We're done. Yeah. done. I'll never go see him again. Like, stuff right, like yeah. that. Um, are you guys going to be in Denver around Dick's run? Um, you know, we it's, as the years have gone by and they keep doing it, it's become this like massive money weekend, not just for them, but for like anybody who can get a gig everybody in the area and there's like so much competition. So like we've sort of stepped away unless we can find like some really cool thing that is, is worth it, but we'll definitely be there. I'll probably be at least one night. There's always like, it's almost like uh easier, like just to play with like throw together bands. Cause you don't have to worry about like promoting it or like, sure. like all that kind of stuff. It's just like have fun after fish and people will be there kind of thing. Um, but you know, Scott, are you going to all the nights? I will be at all the nights. Yeah, <laughs> Scott, we got We have to see each other I, at I least was just one night. Say, yeah. I mean, why don't we exchange numbers, you guys? I'd love to go yeah, to a sure. show with you guys. And uh, yeah, yeah, man. If you're into it, um, we're. 
performing at Ophelia's with Andy Frasco on the Wednesday before the run oh, starts. Sick. A live Wait, podcast, I, so if you guys, what do you come. mean performing? Are you in a band as well? No, we're doing a live podcast. Oh, cool. Yeah. Very cool. Frasco. So we always call ourselves a band. That's not melding of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Worlds collide. Um, Yeah. (laughs) You know, I'm really stoked to see what happens with you guys, man. It's you're super fucking talented and you can tell that it's coming from a place of like deep love. Yeah. And it's a cool brotherhood between the two of you. And I'm sure the other guys, we just haven't met, but that's really awesome that you guys have, I always say to find a band, it's, it's a miracle. It's like finding like the love of your life because when you find a bandmate, they're willing to put their life into what the two of you or three of you or five of you, however many it is are creating at that exact time, moment in time in location too. like, we're all moving to Colorado. We're all stopping what we're doing to work. We're all having our wives and girlfriends live. You know what I mean? Like that's a very, very rare thing. And and it happens all the time because there's plenty of bands, but like, it's still very special and very unique. And when you guys can like meld your sounds too, like that's something too, like, matching sounds you know like yeah so you can have all those other elements and then not like the same kind of music yeah so it's a very special thing and i really yeah. um, actually just just like uh the other week you know we were just like you know as life goes on it's just like we don't all live together anymore and like one of us has a kid and like you know we're all working and like like you know doing a lot of like side stuff so it's like um i was just saying like the fact that like we're all willing to spend any of our free time like learning original music is like that is a blessing you know and uh, absolutely like and uh then on top of that the fact that like you know there's all that like artistic stuff there's all like the time there's all that and then there's just like the existing with other people for like years and years and years and just like having uh like you know like people get mad and people like get yeah. emotional and like you know it's just like you the the fact that like we're all like emotionally mature enough or whatever to like move past those things and just be like, Oh, it was just like heat of the moment or like whatever. Like that's, that's a huge blessing too. You know, there's like, if there was one person in the group that that didn't work for then it's like, it wouldn't work for all of us, you know? So, and, yeah, exactly. And, and it makes a relationship stronger when you get through that stuff. Well, and, right. and yeah, there's absolutely. A, there's a body of work that you've created yeah, literally forever for eternity to be listened to and gone Enjoyed. back to, whether it's live or recorded or either right. both, you know, like right. that's yeah. and, to, that's, and to us, it's just like something we love to do. And like, obviously, like when fans enjoy, like, I don't know, like I've had people be like, this is my favorite song or something. You know? It's just like, yeah, that's yeah. amazing. You know, like, yeah. so it's like, uh, like kind of like the same thing we were mentioning, just like you got to cherish those things that like push it forward. And then also like look back objectively on the yeah. time and, uh, and you know, be grateful for sure. Yeah. We all, yeah. we all, that's live a good together, thought, so Katen. That's I, a really good yeah. thought. Totally get it. Yeah. We've, we all, when we moved from Vegas, we all moved in together and been doing this for seven years now. And that it, you're right, man. If, if one of us was not on the train or like, not mature enough to let shit go or the whole thing would fucking fall apart. It's, you yeah, know, we're, it's a, it's a delicate blood. balance that 
it and it's magic that when it right. happens, it's oh, and luckily we've known each other for almost forty years now. The two of it's us, crazy and, brother, and they've been married for twenty five years. Melanie finally accepted me like last week, so <laughs> yeah. it's starting. I still, still flip yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's you know no, but it, it is yeah. It's very important, and you guys definitely got that. And yeah. I'm always curious. I got to ask what the area you're up in. Have you guys played with? Are you familiar with Banshee Tree? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, we've played shows with them. Um, okay, the, yeah. Last time, time we ran, into, they last time we ran into them was at Summit. Oh yeah, yeah they yeah. were definitely at Summit. They were just out here themselves. They were at a festival, and I think they they played the Get Down. Also, they played the Get yes. Down while they were here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, actually, oh yeah, we played with them at Nectar Lounge uh, before String Summit. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. They're so fun. Well, right. Right, yeah. before, right before COVID, I broke my hand, and their drummer Michelle. Oh yeah, that's Michelle's man. Yeah, Michelle. Michelle. Yeah. Sat, yeah. Played with us. Yeah. Yeah. She sat it. She played like yeah. She played two shows. shows. That is there a badass yeah. woman right there. Right. Yeah. 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 Um. Here, yeah. I just uh, not yet. There we go. I just threw my um my number in the in the oh, chat sweet. for you guys. Cool. Yeah, um, yeah. Let's let's stay in touch, man. When uh when Dix is coming up, I'll hit you up and we'll we'll uh we'll get together. And uh yeah, I will put this out um next Wednesday. We'll do it as like an artist spotlight. Cool. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. And yeah. and um, great. Does, does the album have a name? Yes, it's called Anything. Anything. Yeah. All right. And I'm but what's I'm it pretty about? Sh- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and you preach. Well, uh no. <laughs> it's not this one thing. <laughs> um yeah, uh I'm pretty sure that we have like I don't know. It's, whenever you get like this is our first album that we've done with like a label. So like uh our management company has this label and they're like our manager is connecting with them and it's like they have this timeline that like, you know, um Timelines change sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, timelines change sometimes. Um, And so it's like, I'll see some post uh, and it's like big announcement coming. I'm like, I wonder what that is. (laughs) I actually actually don't know what this is going to (laughs) be. You know, Um, like, I think it was like a couple of weeks ago, we put out like a live compilation thing kind of in preparation for putting out this studio album Mm -hmm. and um, just like, you know, shop it around. And uh Literally, like people were like, "What's the big announcement?" Like, I got a couple texts, and I was like, "I actually have no idea." <laughs> I, th- I thought maybe it was going to be like our actual album, but it wasn't even that. Nope. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, I'm pretty sure we have like an official announcement coming out early next week. So hopefully, it'll coincide. Okay. But either way, put it out. Okay. This will be the official announcement. If, <laughs> if nope. Right on. If it doesn't happen before then, yeah. let, let the people know. All right. Yeah. All right. All right, you guys. We'll see you soon. Thanks for hanging out with us this morning. Yeah. Thanks, super nice to meet you guys. Yeah. You Right All right. Yeah. Oh, she can text, text with my number. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Later, y'all. Later. Okay. New favorite. Uh, yeah. That's, yeah. How, that's how this works. Yep. Are you not used to this yet? No. Oh. It's still amazing to me every time. It. It's just amazing to me. The. Um, that people are cool. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that, that's it. That people are cool. Like It's true. That's that's basically what it is. Like every time we fall in love with a new band, it's really the people in the band we're falling in love with. Yeah, they're all our friends. Like immediate friendship. Like, oh man, I, I've known you for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like I could swear I, I saw I, I probably may have we've seen Saw Scott yeah. at one at, at the Hollywood Bowl or Seattle. He definitely shows. looks familiar. Yes, yeah. he looks very familiar. It, Here's the, like I was explaining this to producer Corey the other day about the bands that come on the show, and he was like, 
you never, you guys never like give static to any of the bands that you have on. Like, because we don't have, the, yeah. not every band is the greatest band. And I was like, well, that's true, but this show is our show. It's, it's about our favorite. It's about our favorite stuff. I'm not going to have a band on the show that I don't like. Well, and even if a band happens to play something that we don't think is our favorite, for me, I can't do that. So I admire that. Right. And and even if it's not my favorite thing that they've, that band has done, I've got other things that are my favorite. The fact that they're putting out this new live album during the time of COVID when, you know, whatever, Whatever. it's fucking amazing. It's amazing to me for artists to one work in tandem together to create something brand new for people to love and call their favorites later on. Right. And here's the other side of it is like, even if I listen to a band and the music, I'm just like, that's cool. I dig it. It's not like, that's fucking amazing. It's my favorite. Whatever. Nine times out of 10, after we talk to them, I hear the music different and love it even more. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, you've said that a million times. It's, It's like, that's part of what the show has done for, I think, not just us, but our listeners. Like, okay, maybe you've heard of the John T before. Maybe you've even seen him before. But you listen to the interview, you start to understand a little bit about their background, and it puts into perspective what music you're hearing. Yep. It really changes the thought of just four random dudes into Caton and Scott and Tyler and John now, and now we're rooting for the guys, mm-hmm. not just the John T. Yeah. it's it, Yeah. For our friends. Your friends are up there on stage killing it. Yeah. Well, it's like, hey, it's like our love for fish. I mean, we will always love fish. I mean, we're still waiting for them to put on a good show. Yeah. But we're there for <laughs> it'll happen someday. And, and, you know, and I, you know, I know what? that Trey wants to come on the show and, and I'll, <laughs> we'll definitely let him now. I mean, I would. I'm sure you guys would, right? Oh, yeah. Mel, you Only don't? if he asks. Really? Only if he asks? Somebody in his camp's got to ask. Yeah, and okay. in, 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 in person. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll go to wherever you're at, Trey, but in person. We'll yeah. <laughs> no, sit down and... You, you know, know what? You know what I think? I think if we had Trey on, it would be the best interview the three of us and him have ever had. I, me and Apple talked about I, this. I really think that. The other day, I was like, if we had him or when we have him on... I'll reframe that when we have Trey on, I'm going to have to like not record the first five minutes and just be like a total nerd fanboy, and then be like, all right, get out of the way. We're going to start the interview now. I'm going to be super professional. Be like, what was up with that Friday night in Seattle, dude? And he's going to be like, this is one of the best shows I ever played in my life. What's wrong with you, Mel? You know what? I was feeling really bad, Trey. I can tell you, well, I I had something else in mind, but I came out and I saw your reaction to the first song. So I just had fuck with you. Um, If the John T comes through your town, go see them. Just do that. Have a good night and go see them. Go dance it out. Go hug it out with your friends. Go do it. And, uh, the new album is coming out. And anything. It's called Anything. It'll be out everywhere sometime soon. <laughs> it's about stuff. You're going to do anything everywhere right, all at once. Right. That's a good, I like, that's a good Mel picture. Drew a great um, portrait. Is that a portrait? I mean, it's yeah. More, it's, of more, them. it's more cartoony, but. Okay. Good job, babe. It's really caricature. Uh, so, hey, here's the deal. 
No Simple Road is going to be back on Friday with another episode. And um, until then, you only have one day without us. So you know what? You should be be glad. Yeah, you're getting it, thrice the amount of No Simple Road. And if you're in the Pacific Northwest, which we know some of you are, they are playing several dates around here. They'll be at the Get Down on Saturday, the twenty first. That's with, right, with our boys Sponge. Sponge. And uh, if you haven't seen them, you should really. You're gonna go get your mind blown. So just trust me. Yeah, it's your friend to get your mind blown. Be there or be square. Uh, so we'll be back on Friday with another episode. Until then, smile at a stranger. Safety third. Hydrate. Take care of each other. And you know what? This week, buy yourself a new stuffed animal. Everybody <laughs> needs a new stuffed animal. It's Look. Hold on. Can I do the dates? Yeah. The stuffed sure. animals. We have uh, May 18th at Nectar Lounge in Seattle, Washington for the John T. Um, Friday, May 19th um, at uh, the River City Saloon in Hood River. Um, May 20th, Saturday at uh, Blairly, Blairly, I guess, Blairly Vintage Arcade in Eugene. Okay. So you guys know where that is on the 20th. And then on the 21st at the Get Down in Portland. Yeah. Yeah. Got to get down, get down. Got to get down. Got to get down. To the, yeah. to the get down. Blairly. Uh, so yeah. I wanted to say it properly, but Blairly. it's a weird, it's a weird name. Blairly. The stuffed animal thing. You said it better than me. Let me get back to the stuffed animal thing. Stuffed animals are very important. They not only are a comfort and support thing, but they double as pillows. So if you don't want to go through that, because it's a nightmare well, trying to buy a, a pillow. Let's get a little small one. Yeah. I'm just thinking, I'm sitting here staring across at the, at the one that uh, we got young from and Young sick. and Aww. Sick. That is the, the most Cute. warped, cutest little thing Weird. ever. Is Hey listeners, I want to tell you about the April-May 2023 issue of Relics Magazine. It features a Dave Matthews Band cover story with additional articles and interviews with The National, Graham Nash, Wayne Shorter, ALO, Ivan Neville, our friend Eric Krasno and Stanton Moore, Marty Stewart, and much more. Check out the latest version of Relics and subscribe now at relics.com slash DMB. Thanks, Relics. So dope. DMT entity plus. Yeah, and he's got two personalities. All right, so that's that. We love you guys. We'll be back Friday. Peace. It's springtime. Have a salad.
Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you'd cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effing Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. Oh.